Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50% to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. For our distant ancestors, foraging was an essential part of life. These days, it can be a great way to source free local food without the supermarket packaging, as city green spaces are home to a variety of nutritious species. Katie Haler met up with lifelong forager Anthony Baggett to find out what was on the menu. Hi, Anthony, nice to meet you. How's it going? Yeah, it's great, thanks. Yeah, how are you? So, you're not a scientist, are you? Let's, Let's be clear about that. I'm not. I am just a forager. And how do you get into foraging? Um, I guess it was just my family did it. We used to pick bilberries up when we were going on walks over the moors and stuff and we'd always pick blackberries on the back of our house, so just from there I just started doing it. And now it's a lifelong passion. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So um, we are in a green space in a quite an urban, bustling city, but we've come back from the road a bit and it's actually really quiet and peaceful and yeah. you're going to show us a few items that you can pick in August, is that right? Sure. Um, actually... Just as we enter the cemetery, we've got Ooh. some berries here now, two types. So there's some elderberries up top and some blackberries down below. So, okay, first the elderberries. Let's just, can you just um, describe them a bit for us? Let's have a look. Sure. So they're quite small, um, about the size of a, I don't know, like half a pea. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, uh, black. And um, when you squeeze them, they've got sort of red juice on the inside. And so it's actually at this time of year is perfect for them. Um, a couple of months ago, you'd see elderflowers, which can be used to make um, elderflower cordial. And you can make elderflower fritters if you deep fry them. But, Ooh, I'll never try that. Yeah. But the, um, so the flowers are gone now and they've been replaced by the berries, which are also edible. You can make pies. You can mix them with the blackberries right here and make a pie. Oh, we've got some blackberries here. So they're a little bit lower. Yeah. And we've got red ones and black ones, but I'm guessing the red ones aren't ripe yet? Exactly. If you tried to eat the red ones, they'd be pretty sour. So, um, yeah, there's a black one here. Hmm. Um, Kind of looks like lots of little elderberries stuck together. <laughs> oh, wow. That one's really sour. Yeah. <laughs> These are a bit small and they're a little bit sour. Yeah, wow. Ah. I quite like sour ones, though. There's a, there's a birch back there. So one thing about the birch, it looks like it's, I mean, it's just a tree. You wouldn't think, think you'd better get anything out of it. But um, interestingly, we're not going to do this now, but um, you can actually, if you really need to, uh, drill into a birch and there's a sort of liquid that comes out and um, you can drink that. It's, it's kind of sweet and it, it's kind of in the same way that they, they tap uh, maple syrup from, from trees. Oh, right. So you can, what, birch syrup, I guess. Birch syrup, exactly. So it comes out sort of watery liquid and in, to- in order to turn it into syrup, you'd have to boil it off. Yeah. So when in a crisis, find a birch. Exactly, yeah. And if you, if you wanted to try it at some point, it's always best to not make too large a hole and close it back up again with a piece of wood once you're done and that stops the tree from getting too damaged. Ah. Oh, cool. I see what you mean about not wanting dogs to pee on the, pee oh, on yeah. the fruit. Just had a classic example of that. Yeah. Glad I didn't try that, Blackberry. Yeah. <laughs> What's that? This. I don't 
know. It looks a bit like cow parsley. So, so there's there's cow parsley, but there's also fool's parsley and there's also hemlock. Um, hemlock. Hemlock. Isn't that what? This is a poison of antiquity, right? Exactly. Yeah. So I think that's. Uh, so basically, I don't go for that because I'm worried that I'll mix up with something else. I mean, there, there are there are definitely ways to positively identify cow parsley, but personally, I. I, I don't go for it because I don't find the, the benefit of eating cow parsley outweighs the risks of maybe having hemlock. Here's a pine tree. This pa- is a Christmas tree. Yeah, Are you going to tell me tree. you can eat... It's even got a little ribbon on it. <laughs> You're not going to tell me we can eat Christmas trees. I mean, I personally wouldn't eat it, but what you can do, you can take pine needles. If you crunch that up in your hands, um, you can also uh, boil it in water. You steep it in water and that makes a pine needle tea. And apparently that's full of, it's full of vitamin C. So if you're in a survival situation, found a pine tree, crush up the leaves, uh, put them into some boiling water. Actually, you don't even need to crush up the leaves. You could just leave the, the leaves in boiling water and um, drinking that water. Is, it's actually really tasty. It's got a sort of sweet, fruity flavour and it's full of vitamin C. There you go. There's an alternative to eggnog or, <laughs> let's face it, booze at Christmas. <laughs> We've just found an enormous mushroom that actually someone's pulled up yeah which is not what you're supposed to no, do and it looks like they've sort of kicked it about a bit as well well so t- tell us about this mushroom so this is a parasol mushroom so it's actually edible i don't know about this one it's a shame that it's been pulled up so the parasol is uh, you can see this one so it's a really nice one if they hadn't been uh, previously broken by the person who was here before it's it's really big it's i guess the is it the stalk is kind of, I guess, a, ha- a hand length? Exactly. And then the, the top of the mushroom is, it's quite beautiful. It's white and a bit brown and some uh, gills underneath. Yeah, yeah, it's amazing. It's just like, I mean, it's called the parasol mushroom because it looks like a parasol. And it actually starts off, this one has opened up quite a lot. So you can sort of see um, it's got quite a flat top, doesn't it? Um, but they start off more like a closed parasol, basically. They, they start off with a um, sort of triangular shaped head. That opens up slowly um, as they get older. We've had a, a bad experience in the past uh, with a with a with an orange birch belete, which is a, a type of mushroom that grows under the birch tree. And ah, like we saw earlier. Exactly, yeah. And that one does need to be cooked for, they say, fifteen to twenty minutes. But um, we didn't do that, and there was there was tummy upsets. <laughs> oh no! Was it serious? So basically, yeah, me and my friend, we knew it was edible. We'd positively identified it. We picked it, um, cooked it for about three to four minutes, I'd say, because that's what, how we cook our, our mushrooms from the supermarket. Um, within about five minutes, he was throwing up on the on, on the beach they were on. And um, for the rest of the day, actually for the next two days, I'd say he threw up about five times and was going to the toilet very regularly. For some reason, I managed to get away kind of scot-free. I, I, I just... Um, uh, I went to the toilet a few times, but <laughs> I had a, bit, a little bit of a strange, strange feeling in my head, but didn't feel too bad to be honest. I didn't throw up or anything like that. Cool. There's a chamber on. Only take what you need. So there's no point in going out and um, getting loads and loads of berries if you're not going to eat them all, and they're just going to rot. So just just take enough that you need. So then someone else can come and take the rest. Exactly, yeah. So hawthorn is one that I've always known from a kid um, as being edible. I wouldn't say it's particularly tasty, but the hawthorn, you, put, you, you see it everywhere. It's a, little, um, it's a little red berry. It grows on a sort of, grows on a bush. Um, 
and you can eat both the leaves and and the fruit. And people call it bread and cheese for some reason. I think it's basically because the the leaves are like the bread and the fruit is like the cheese. So you can make a hawthorn sandwich. Exactly. Yeah. Mm. <laughs> I've actually I, so on the way home I found some hawthorn. I was wondering if there would be any here, but it looks like I can't see any at the minute. So here's the hawthorn. This is like a here's one I made earlier. This is <laughs> yeah. great. Just out of my little bag. I've of... got some of that in my garden. Yeah. So this oh. is, it is edible. Um, it's not, I mean, you can see it's not the most sort of juicy berry. No. You open they're, it up. They're, they're quite small, aren't they? Again, exactly. and bright red with a kind of yellowy, whitey flesh inside. Yeah, sort of whitey. It's almost sort of furry, the flesh inside. And it's not, it's not juicy. Yeah, it's not juicy flesh. Um, but again, that's not the leaf. Yeah. This is the, this is the leaf here. It's sort of a, it's got sort of three parts to it. It's sort of a three pronged leaf. And um, yeah, you can eat the leaf as well. Mm. Go on then, give it a go. Yeah. I'm not feeling brave enough. Mmm, tasty. <laughs> Does it like... taste anything like bread? It doesn't taste anything like bread. Actually, it has a little bit of an apple flavour. Mm. So yeah, as long as you know what you're looking for, there's a wealth of food out there. So we've talked about mushrooms, fruits, leaves, but it's not just veggie stuff here. If we're talking about foraging, what about meat? What about roadkill? I'm definitely not adverse to roadkill. My dad got me into um, eating and looking for roadkill since I was a little kid. And now, some people might say, this is super gross. How do you know how long it's been there? How do you know where it's been? What would you say to, to things like that? There's a few factors that you can look into. I mean, firstly, the smell test is, is one of the, the, the surest ways of seeing whether it's fresh or whether it's, um, whether it's rotten. Basically, the meat that I've got when I've been um, going for roadkill has, has been so fresh that it almost has no smell to it. It smells just like the meat you get out of, a, out of a packet. And even sometimes that can smell a little bit. But whenever I've gone for roadkill, I've always been on the safe side, gone for stuff that has no smell. So what have you tasted? Rabbit. I've had venison. I've even, wow. Yeah, I've even had a, a squirrel a couple of times, but it's not, the, it's not the, the meatiest of meats. What does squirrel taste like? It's kind of, it's kind of similar to rabbit. And what, what do you say to, I guess, kind of the ethical standpoint with roadkill? I, I personally see it as the most ethical meat you can have. There's been no, I mean, you've got it directly from the source. There's been no transport involved, except for you taking it home, maybe on your bike or in your car. Um, and it was already dead, so you, you, you don't have to have anything on the conscience of having killed an animal. Um, so but we may have problems here, for example, you don't know if an animal's consume something that's got pesticides in it are there any checks you do once you've taken it home to make sure it's good to eat and basically if there's white spots on the liver don't don't eat the animal and i'm guessing with whether it's meat or whether it's nuts berries if you're not sure yeah. then it's probably best to leave it just, right just don't go for it yeah. yeah and just just be sort of sensible about it make sure you wash your food um make sure you cook it to the right level um we don't wash mushrooms, though. We don't wash mushrooms, we brush mushrooms. <laughs> and, well, basically just, yeah, enjoy it, have fun. Right, well, I think on that note, I'm going to go find some ingredients for a blackberry pie, because <laughs> it's my favourite. Well, it certainly sounds like Cambridge has quite a bit of wild food around. Anthony isn't a professional forager, and this was just one experience. 
So if you'd like to go foraging for wild food, it's always best to find an expert to accompany you.